Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. So imagine your ideal cheeseburger, right? You've got the patty, you've piled cheese on top, you've got lettuce, tomato, bacon, eggs, avocado. Let's just get real gluttonous, right? Wow. Yeah, this is a good burger. (laughs) Yeah. But there's a catch with that burger. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Okay, you know, every ingredient right now costs you more at the grocery store. It costs you more at restaurants. I'm Annie Reese, and this is Politico Dispatch. My name is Stephen Overly. I cover global trade and economics at Politico. And we've seen this for a couple months now where consumers are just facing a 40-year high in the cost of goods. On the show today, Stephen Overly on the record high prices consumers are facing, why the cost of your burger is so high, and why it's not going down anytime soon. That's a a real pressure on the Biden administration and on Congress to try to solve a problem that is actually very hard to solve. This week, we got fresh data from the Consumer Price Index, which is basically a monthly database that summarizes average prices people like you and I are paying. Mm -hmm. And what that showed was consumer prices in the month of March were up 8.5% compared to a year ago. And that's a pretty dramatic increase. In fact, it's a 40-year high. And then even when when you break those numbers down and just look at individual food items, for instance, right? Like the cost of beef was up 16%. Bacon was up 18.2%. Cheese was up 3.1%. So again, if you're trying to build a burger, uh, that burger is getting more expensive uh, the more you put on top of it. And what are some of the key reasons that food prices are up? Like what's behind this rise? So there's a number of reasons food prices are up, um, you know, starting with supply chain challenges. And we've seen this really over the course of the pandemic. But a lot of businesses have had a harder time getting products from overseas. And that includes bakers, that includes farmers, that includes grocery stores. So you have sort of these supply chain challenges that are driving up consumer prices. We've also seen labor shortages driving up consumer prices. So stores, farms, butcher houses have all had a hard time hiring and retaining workers, and they're having to pay higher salaries to keep those workers. And that cost Mm -hmm. gets passed on to the consumer when they go buy those goods. Um, So there's other factors at play too, you know, including changing consumer habits because of the pandemic. The recent conflict uh, between Russia and Ukraine has also contributed to higher prices. So really the list goes on and on, which makes this an even more difficult problem to try to solve. So just backing up, what all goes into setting food prices to begin with? Food prices are sort of very complex and very politically fraught. You know, they always have been. Mm. Factors that go into them include things like land use and environmental regulations. Um, Our immigration policy has a big bearing on food prices because the U.S. agriculture sector is very dependent on migrant labor. And so you sort of always have this very complex calculation domestically that contributes to food prices. Then you add in the international component, right? When we talk about trade and we get a lot of our food from overseas, 
You have yeah. to factor in tariffs. You have to factor in trade disputes. You have to factor in supply chain challenges. And so all of these things are always present in our food prices. It just so happens that right now, a number of them are really challenged. And that is contributing to this record high inflation that we're seeing. And so how long will these supply chains related to food take to clear and impact prices? And how much does this really have to do with supply chains? So that's a great question that a lot of people are unable to answer, <laughs> myself <laughs> included, to be honest with you. Just taking the supply chain challenge, right? You know, we've been talking for really over a year now about backlogs at the ports um, and yeah. trucker shortages, really just mm -hmm. issues getting products from Asia and other markets overseas, bringing them to the U.S. and distributing them across the country. There have been some, there's been some progress in that problem alone, but that still remains a challenge. And then there's, you know, issues like labor shortages and when will the labor market, you know, maybe return to normal? I mean, we've seen over the last many months, um, you know, uh, unemployment has been low, uh, and yet the, the demand for workers remains persistently high, and wages have mm -hmm. gone up as a result of that. And so, uh, you know, it, it's a hard question to answer because you have all these different economic forces at play. And so when will those kind of return to normal or will they return to normal is an open question. Then, you know, you also have more recently a lot of geopolitical factors at play here, right? Including most recently, you know, the conflict um, between Russia and Ukraine, right? The This mm -hmm. war that Vladimir Putin has sort of, you know, driven and, and captured the whole world's attention with. No one knows how long that's going to last or how long that's going to disrupt our food supply and our energy supply. And so, you know, it, with all of these variables, creating any sort of timeline becomes really hard. It's not just about as you you know, as you were saying, burgers becoming more expensive, has this increased food insecurity, and where would be most affected by that? Yeah, so it, it absolutely has affected food insecurity. I mean, if you think about the typical family budget, right? You have certain costs every month that you can reasonably predict, right? You you kind mm -hmm. of know what your rent or mortgage is going to be, what your car payment will be, and your taxes will be. But then you have more variable costs, and and two of the biggest and most essential ones are food and fuel. And right now, both of those are more expensive. So families that were already struggling, you know, families that were already sort of just getting by month to month, those expenses are now higher and that struggle becomes even more real. Um, and so that creates a lot of domestic pressure here in the United States on politicians, particularly President Biden, uh, to address inflation and to address kind of the increased food prices. And then just looking even beyond the United States, for instance, you know, we are seeing right now a number of markets that were very dependent on Ukraine and Russia for certain goods are also facing food shortages and, and food uh, inflation. So, you know, just to give you one quick example, Ukraine is one of the world's largest exporters of wheat. And a lot mm -hmm. of that wheat goes to Europe and it goes to the Middle East. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of countries that now have to look for other sources of wheat because Ukraine has sort of been taken out of the picture by the conflict there. And so that creates a lot of challenges for those markets and, again, leads to higher prices. Inflation, as you said, puts a lot of political pressure on Biden. 
how much of this, though, can Biden really control? So that's, you know, the the pickle that any president is in is they only have so much control over the economy and particularly the global economy. Um, and so there are limits to what President Biden can do or what Congress can do to address this. That being said, that doesn't absolve them from the blame, right? You know, voters mm. will look for someone to point the finger at for why prices are higher or why more is not being done to bring those prices down. And we are in an election year. And President Biden and congressional Democrats know that a lot of those fingers will be pointed at them. And they also know that Republicans will be more than happy to point the finger at them. And we've seen that in the political rhetoric here in Washington, a lot of blame put on Biden and put on Democrats for inflation. So it, it is a real political conundrum. Yeah. You know, one thing I'll just note, one of the biggest price increases beyond food that everyone is talking about right now is gasoline prices. You know, and just looking at the March data from the Consumer Price Index, the price of gasoline was up 48% compared to a year ago. That's a pretty wow. substantial increase. Mm -hmm. The Biden administration knows that people are very sensitive to gas prices. And so you've kind of seen their rhetoric shift in recent weeks. They've been referring to, you know, quote, Putin's price hike um, and really trying to put the, the blame for that price increase on Vladimir Putin and on the war that he's launched in Ukraine. There is some truth to that. You know, the, the war has definitely exacerbated um, that price increase, but it was rising even before Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, but the Biden administration is responding to that. Your family budget, your ability to fill up your tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide and a half a world away. President Biden was in Iowa on Tuesday talking mm -hmm. about this very issue and more efforts his administration is taking to try to bring gas prices down. So there's definitely a sensitivity there. Stephen Overly, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you for having me. Also in the news, an official report released by the State Department on Tuesday acknowledged a steep drop in human rights progress in Afghanistan, including significant human rights issues, after the United States withdrew from the country last August. And the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is seeking information on how to improve safety at long-term care facilities because nursing home residents were among the hardest hit during the COVID-19 pandemic. The improvements include establishing a minimum staffing rule and a new measure to evaluate infection outbreaks at facilities. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.